This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here. Welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Glad to have you along. And before I get into it, Remind you of our campaign in Las Vegas from July 23rd to August 19th. We'll be running 12 billboards in the, in the area, in the greater Las Vegas area, uh, in the city, all around the city. They'll say, struggling with porn, you're not alone. So are two-thirds of the men in church. And then in com- combination with that, We will do a radio program on kkvv.com from August 1st to the 7th, seven days of going rogue, God, sex, and porn. So that's Monday through Saturday at 3 p.m. Pacific time and then Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And so that's a seven-day series where I'll be getting into why the church needs to effectively deal with the sexual sin that's so prevalent among it recovery from porn addiction, sex addiction, getting into wives' healing issues, youth, going rogue, which is we need to do today, and so much more. So you'll be able to watch those shows on KKVV, their website, kkvv.com. You can live stream it, or if you're in Las Vegas, you'll be able to listen to it on 1060 AM. So please pray for this. We're getting... Plenty of warfare on and off, and so prayer is a big deal about something like this. And also, if you want to help us financially, we're going to have like $10,000 in expenses. We could use some help there, too. And Blazing Grace is a nonprofit 501c3 ministry, so your financial contributions are tax-deductible. <clears throat> Sometimes, as I'm thinking through and praying through... <laughs> What I'm going to talk about for a show, I wonder, am I a nut job or what? Because we've been looking for a church here for almost two years now, since we moved in July of 2020. And and most of the time when you go into church, it's everything is comfortable. The, the seats are comfortable, which is fine. I mean, I don't want to sit in a hardback chair, but everything is comfortable. The The message is comfortable and... And sometimes I've heard pastors apologize for saying things like, I'm really sorry today, but we might get into some difficult things. And when I listen to that, I think, what are you apologizing for? I want the truth and I want all of it. When When do we get to the point where we have to coddle people to tell them the truth? And so we've we've created this culture 
in Christianity that we don't want to disturb anyone. And, and so, you know, we're told to rejoice in the Lord always in the book of Philippians. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. So I'm not saying being a gloom and doomer, and I don't want to be a gloom and doomer. That's depressing. <laughs> but we got to look at what the whole truth is. It's, it's like if somebody comes to you, and they have cancer, and you're a doctor, and you just, what you do is you just pat them on the back and say, ah, oh, you're okay. All you need is some vitamin C. And they give this bright, happy face, and they walk away. Meanwhile, they have terminal stage four cancer, and you haven't told them the truth. They're going to die young. And that's exactly what's happening today. People's lives are being destroyed left and right because we're too, I don't know, milk toast, lukewarm, weak, whatever you want to call it. To just say the truth of what's going on in the environment we're in today, which is getting darker and more evil by the moment. And I don't know if you, maybe you don't know this, but so mass shootings are almost a daily thing now. When I mean a mass shooting, I mean more than four people, four, four, four people or more are killed when a gunman goes off on a spree. So the traumatic, horrific shooting in Texas. Everybody knows about that. It's been all over the national news. But did you know that on Memorial Day weekend, there were 12 more mass shootings, 12 during the course of that four-day weekend? I'm saying from Friday through Monday. Violence is widespread right now. Evil is taking new ground every moment. And in every area, I don't, it, it seems like ever since that slip up or the release or whatever you want to call it of the abortion announcement from the Supreme Court when that was um, put out there, and it just seems like the Civil War had just been taken to another level and people are, from both sides are screaming at each other and there's more contention and there's more fighting. And then right around Mother's Day, I just noticed, man, the the spiritual warfare had just gone up another two or three racket, brackets. We've been seeing a lot of marriages just getting hit and couples struggling. Um, and even more than before, I'm talking about strong couples where one side is even thinking like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Spiritual battle. We are under an intense spiritual battle. The enemy has taken significant ground and he's continued to take it and he has a lot of ground in the church. So when I bring these things out to you, it's not to be a gloom and doomer. It's because I want the truth and I think you want it too and you're tired of having your your back padded when you walk in the church and then everybody acts as, as if everything's okay and there's no problems, no worries. God is in control and then we continue to watch the country just get destroyed as I shared, I've been going to, we, me and my family have been going to, you know, a different, quite a few churches since we moved here. And, and one pastor recently said that um, the worldwide church is growing. He didn't say a word about the American church in that context. He said the worldwide church is growing. And the underlying message there was, we're okay. Uh, it can't be that bad, can it? Um so uh, just a couple news articles. Um, 
that just came out recently. This is all in the last three to four weeks. A Warsaw, Indiana pastor resigns after a teenager – or actually, I, I should – I botched that up. A Warsaw senior pastor resigns after it came out that a young woman who had been – had sex with him when she was a teenager came out and brought it out to the light. Senior pastor, 40 years in the making. This is the headline, a timeline of the Southern Baptist sexual abuse crisis. And the Southern Baptists are the largest denomination in the U.S., and they came out with a 205-page list that includes details of around 700 cases of abuse by pastors, Sunday school teachers, camp counselors, music ministers, bus drivers, and missionaries with about 400 tied to SBC churches from Alaska to Alabama. And all of the all the cases, the abuse had led to arrests and jail time. Almost every day now, there is a news article coming out where somebody in a church in the U.S. is being exposed or arrested for sexual harassment, adultery, or child pornography, or some kind of sexual crime. And then another AP News, Associated Press, top Southern Baptist stonewalled sex abuse victims. This has been all over the news how the Baptists have been kind of trying to do their cover-up thing and they're just botching it left and right. There seems to be some light at the end of this tunnel, but um, they have not handled this well. Religion News Service lawsuit accuses ACNA Church of negligence that resulted in child sexual abuse. Again, this is just two weeks ago. And then another one, Tennessee pastor and coach faces... Life in prison after pleading to child exploitation charges. Religion News Service, Southern Baptist attendance reportedly drops by 19% last year. It dropped by 20% the year before. And when I heard that pastor I told you about here locally say the worldwide church is growing, I wanted to puke. Because if he would have touched on the American church, that would have been a totally different story. Plaintiff in class action lawsuit accuses Liberty University in Virginia of re-traumatizing and uh, and insulting Jane Doe's. It involved 20 women, more than 20 women, who alleged that Liberty had created an unsafe environment that enabled on-campus rapes. One woman was gang-raped, and what came out of this was that uh, they settled with them financially. Why would you settle if you did nothing wrong? And this goes back to, again, the church keeps trying to cover up and hide its sexual sin, whether it's sexual abuse or anything in that area. We sweep that under the rug because my church don't have a problem with that. Carroll County teacher, volleyball coach, accused of using Snapchat to acquire child porn. He had been a PE teacher at Liberty Christian School. Ex- North Carolina pastor held on $12 million bond on child sex crime charges, deputies say. That was CBS News. And then former deacon at Douglas Wilson's church indicted for possessing child porn. Again, this is all in the last three to four weeks. And it's a constant flow. And many of you know who George Barna is. He's the director of research now at the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University, May 24th, 2022. A week ago, 
he released the results of a new survey, Percentage of Christian Pastors to Possess a Biblical Worldview by Denominational Family. When he told them all up together, 30% of Christian pastors have a biblical worldview. They surveyed 1,000 pastors all over the U.S. to come up with this number. And Many of you know George Barnett. Barna, they're, uh, they're effective what they do. They've been doing these surveys in the church for years, so they're, they're not a fly-by-night. You would think that evangelical Protestant pastors would have their numbers way up in the 80s or 90s, but those came in at 51%, half. That means you got a 50% chance of walking to a church with a pastor who does not have a biblical worldview. Charismatics, 37%. And they listed some others. Non-denominational independents are in the 50s. This is dangerous. And all what all this adds up is to a church that has lost its salt. What does God say about this? He says in Matthew 5.13, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Right now, the church is getting trampled and just chucked. We're getting steamrolled right now. And why aren't we hearing this Sunday morning? Why aren't we taking a hard look at the evil and depravity that is destroying lives inside the church as well as outside? That's why I read you those news articles from time to time. This is not an outside-the-church deal. This is right next to people you are sitting next to every day. And then when it shows that Two-thirds of Christian men are viewing porn and a third of women. How can you not think there's a moral crisis going on? And then Luke fourteen thirty-four, Jesus says, Salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no use either for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown away. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. No use for the manure pile. What worse than crap when we lose our salt? That's what he's saying. This ain't me. This is Jesus talking here. Well, go look it up. Luke fourteen thirty four. We are we have lost our salt when half of evangelical pastors don't have a biblical worldview. Something is seriously wrong when we don't face our sexual sin that is so prevalent among us, something is seriously wrong. And God addresses church leadership in some very uh, sharp, pointed words that do not lead their people out of their sin. I'm going to read you from Malachi 2. And now a priest, this command is for you. If you will not listen, if you will not take it to heart, to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts. Then I will send the curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Indeed, I have already cursed them because you do not lay it to heart. Behold, I will rebuke your offspring. And then here's where the sting comes in. And spread dung on your faces, the dung of your offerings. When I read that, I was like, God is saying he's going to spread crap all over priests' faces? I mean, that's harsh. And you shall be taken away with it. 
So shall you know that I have sent this command to you, that my covenant with Levi may stand, says the Lord of hosts. My covenant with him was one of life and peace, and I gave them to him. It was a covenant of fear, and he feared me. Fear. Do you see the fear of the Lord when you walk into church today, or do you see people cruising in with Starbucks coffee cups, just kind of comfortable in their chairs? Fear of the Lord. Awe. We've lost that. It was a covenant of fear, and he feared me. He stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth, and no wrong was found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness, and here are the key words. He turned many from iniquity. He turned many from iniquity. Their role was to set captives free from the bondages they were in including, in today's vernacular, pornography, sexual sins of all sort, which our youth are just swamped with right now, and all the other sins we struggle with. Suicide is a big deal. It's now the number two killer of youth next to accidental deaths. All these things that people are struggling with, fear, doubt, they're in bondage, and that's why I read those news articles again. You've got to understand there are a lot of people in bondage today to this stuff. We cannot continue the Pollyanna way. For the lips of a priest should guard knowledge, and people should seek instruction from his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. Instruction. Not just porn is sin, don't do it. Not, not just whatever is sin unforgiving, bitter heart, whatever the sin is, we have to show them how to walk free from that. We have to show them how to break those strongholds. And it's never enough, it's never so simple enough to say, quit it, And depending on what it is. I mean, sometimes we just need to be challenged like, hey, um, you know, you've been bitter against this person for 20 years. You think it's a good idea to, to let that go before it destroys you? <laughs> Sometimes we need that, but sometimes there are some issues where somebody's in bondage so long that they need a lot more help than that. Spiritual warfare, demons, the demonic realm, the occult. Oh my gosh, you walk into Barnes & Noble nowadays and they have an occult section right there in the main aisle. How to cast spells and everything. The occult is rampaging in our youth. My, my young kids my, in their 20s tell me, they see ads for youth on social media, but you don't hear this ever mentioned in a church. Why not? Why aren't we challenging and equipping people in these areas? Why aren't we challenging families that are watching Harry Potter and other occult media that is showing satanic rituals in their films that they're messing with the wrong side of the aisle? We have to open this stuff up. And this is why we've lost our salt, because we're ducking it. We want, we're too worried about making everybody feel comfortable and, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm going to talk about something that, that's going to disturb you today. Don't be angry. Be a nice, really nice person. Lives are being destroyed. And I saw a news article this week from CBN News. It's kind of a good news, make me mad news type of thing. <laughs> and I'll read it. From, this is from June 1st. 
or actually it reads from June 1st to 5th, hundreds of intercessors from South Korea will be in 20 cities throughout America to pray for revival. And the leader of a national prayer movement is encouraging churches across the country to hold their own prayer meetings at the same time. We're asking churches to open their doors and call for prayer, to host prayer meetings, not preaching meetings. Prayer meetings to pray for this nature, nation, for revival and spiritual awakening. And if you've been listening to me, you know I've been screaming from the rooftops. We need to shut the worship band down, silence the pulpit temporarily, put everyone on their knees, crying out to God for mercy, and spend time confessing our sins. And why is it the South Koreans are saying this, but all of our seminary, all of our seminary edu- education, all of our celebrity Christian pastors and, and voices, why is it nobody's saying that we got to put people on their knees crying out to God? You want some verses? I'll read them from jo- Jonah chapter 3. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered him with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles. Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may return and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. This is the most, one of the most incredible spiritual awakenings in all of history. The king of Nineveh was not a believer. He had no seminary degree. He had no Bible college. He had no Bible. They had nothing. They had no churches. They hated the Jews. They had no DVDs. They had no YouTube. So all he told them to do was cry out to God and basically confess their sins. That's it. And then picking it up, Verse 10, when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster he said he would do to them, and he did not do it. Just prayer and confession of sin, that's all we need. We don't need another verse-by-verse expository sermon on Jonah, on the book of Jonah, or on Second Chronicles 7.14, on you know, if my people are called by my name, let them pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way. It's simple. How, how, have we, how have we screwed this up? It's two simple things. Put your people on their knees and have times with confession of sin. It's that simple. Prayer is powerful. Elijah was a guy like us from James 5. He prayed one man and it didn't rain for three years. So why are we not turning our church services every weekend into prayer meetings? You ever think about that? I'll give you a couple of my guesses. One is we just don't really believe that prayer is as powerful as we say it is. Because we really did. Why would you not have people in prayer meetings? Why would you not have prayer meetings going seven days a week, which is exactly what we need right now? Remember that church I told you I visited where the pastor said the worldwide church is growing? There were no prayer meetings listed on their website. And with most of the churches I've been looking at, they do not have a one prayer meeting going on at all, anywhere, anytime. How can you tell me that the church is a house of prayer when you don't ever pray? 
That's that's just insane. But I think a part of it is we're just too focused on our comfort. We're too worried about turning people off because, you know, when you got to get down your knees and humble yourself uh, and cry out fervently, hey, we invent we, – we American Christians, we don't do fervent here. That's – that's for those other, you know, denominations. We we don't want to, you know, have anybody think we're just off the charts in love and radical for God here. We don't do fervent prayer. We do we do shh, we do um, you know, 30 seconds of prayer on a Sunday asking God to bless our service. So, we need this. We need everybody on their knees. We need them crying out to God. We need prayer meetings every single day. Thank you for joining me. And let's go for this. See you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.